0: Welcome to the Barbershop Talk podcast. My name is JD Richardson and I'm joined with my co-host.
1: Hi guys, it's Mary Yerga.
0: How you doing, Mary? I'm good, I'm, I'm good. You sound like you sleep over there. Okay, anyways, anyways. Um, this is the Barbershop <laughs> Talk podcast. This is the podcast that um, introduces black voices to the mainstream media. And, um, you know, we go to a PWI named EMU Eastern Mennonite University, so we want to shed a light on what that's like and, you know, um, how it feels to be a black student in this white-dominated world. So, what's up, Mary? Hi, JD. How you been doing this week, man?
1: This week, you know, I've been good. Um, I've been procrastinating. That's Mm. what I've been doing. So, you know, today's a Sunday. Um, I'm kind of anxious because I know I have a lot to do, but this week has been good yeah it's been it's been a good week what about you
0: you know what i think for a long time sundays has always been my tighten up days sundays was always the days that i you know i woke up i heard the music downstairs i heard mm. jill scott mm. it was time it was time to clean it was time to clean so i'm definitely <laughs> in that mood right now and um just like you man, I've been oh my god, procrastinating so hard. Like this yep. is like a break or something. I'm on break right <laughs> now. Everybody is <laughs> at school. Saying. I'm on break. So <laughs> I don't know about y'all. I'm on break right now, but um but today I I you know, I feel this this new energy coming in, so I'm definitely about to get back on my work. Get off my little break and uh, you know, start catching up, man. I've been procrastinating really hard, man. It's crazy, but you know, I feel like I needed a little break from everything you understand
1: no i totally get that i totally do you know we had that um what is it our fall pause that yeah. <laughs> one day break and even on that break we still did school work so that wasn't a break
0: that was not a break but i still had <laughs> class on that day honestly I <laughs> have
1: but um yeah
0: i need a break Mm. honestly honestly and then i was looking at the, um the calendar the EMB calendar and it was saying that um because I was under the impression that when we are done an in in-person class around November mm-hmm. near Thanksgiving that we won't, you know, have school and I <laughs> I checked it and I was um I was unhappy. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, we're still mm-hmm.
1: going?" Yep. Are you sure? I was I was in the same boat when they first told us um around the beginning of the school year. I thought, you know, when we leave for Thanksgiving break, that meant we're done. Facts. Nope.
0: <laughs> so, why did they take that whole break away from us, the fall break? Listeners, if you don't know, usually we have a fall break around, you know, around this time, actually, like the mm-hmm. the week of the 20th or whatever. So, yeah. why did they take that away?
1: Um, Because because we're not coming back after Thanksgiving. So, yeah. they need to make up time for that, like, time that we'd miss between Thanksgiving break and Christmas break.
0: Oh, Okay. Okay. All right. Listeners, We don't care about that, we'll skip. We'll go. (laughs) All right. Anyways, so the first topic that I got, man, is uh, I want to talk about conspiracy theories, man. It's it's getting crazy on these streets, man. It is getting too crazy. I think (laughs) right now it's so easy to you know, buy into some of these crazy conspiracy theories that are coming, you know, popping up around um, social media. And if you watch Social Dilemma, (laughs) then you'll see you know, the, the major problem about that. So the one I really want to critique is the, the QAnon um, conspiracy theory. Uh, if you don't know what QAnon's conspiracy theory is, it is a conspiracy theory that states that uh, Donald Trump is this savior person that is fighting against this pedophile ring in the Democratic Party and the, the government and that's why he should remain the president so he can fight against these this pedophile ring. And you know, people are involved, this major um billionaires, politicians, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So Trump is the one saving them. So I'm like, okay, okay. So the reason why I bring this up is it's like people really genuinely believe in these things and they really find some truth to it, which is I think is so it's so crazy and so like scary at the same time that you know somebody would believe this such outlandish ideal that they would even you know hurt other people in mm-hmm. that belief so with all these conspiracy theories going around it's just it's scary to see that some of them take form in very you know dark ways, and it seems like. Social media or anybody's not really trying to stop them or provide facts to the situation at all, which is kind of crazy, man. Um, but don't get me wrong, I got I got a few conspiracy theories that I, I believe in, but well, I'll leave my ten for a for another <laughs> time. That's another time.
1: No, but can I just say? Well, first of all, the idea of Donald Trump being a good person in general is a crazy conspiracy That's big theory. Cap. big. big. Um. Second, I actually. So I actually. It's um read and like watched this documentary about this whole pedophile ring conspiracy like pizza gate um and one of the documentaries that i watched really did like like it seemed really realistic but then i was like they they kind of sounded like they're they were using that to make trump seem like this good guy and i was like wait i thought this was about you know helping children um, and then also, you cannot tell me Donald Trump. You know, Jeez. he he and Jeffrey Epstein were Jeez. tight. They were friends. He they said were chilling. it. We it was saw the own, pictures. He said it. His own words. He said, "Me and Epstein, we both like young women."
0: Mm.
1: Yep. So that's all I gotta say.
0: That's your president, y'all. Yo. <laughs> but PizzaGate,
1: PizzaGate is a little bit, a little bit convincing. I mean, for me, but you know. That's a that's a topic <laughs> he for pizza, another day. We he
0: said we could debate about it later. The pizza gate. <laughs> said that pizza gate <laughs> was crazy. Yeah, you know, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, man, the the the, the fact that all of these conspiracy theories are coming up and it's very politically charged, which is the scary part. Like before, uh, not before. Some of them are very politically charged. Um, we might get one of our co-hosts to come on another time to talk about the JFK one, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, she she showed me that some of those, um, some of the evidence that she uh, found Shout during out her investigation. Annie. She had in a whole investigation, and then she presented to me in a whole PowerPoint slide and everything, saying how JFK was um, was an inside job. And I was like, yo, you're very convincing. I get you on the pod. So the next time we're gonna put our tinfoil hats, we're gonna have a whole podcast <laughs> on a whole just conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Cause we can go into a whole deeper, darker rabbit hole. Um But next I wanna talk about I wanna talk about your man's. You saw your mm-hmm. man's on the on the debate.
1: Mm. <laughs> My man's? Yeah, your man's. That's your man's. Mm. He said no, he's the least racist. Nah, 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 he nah. Said he's that's y'all racist. Mans.
0: He said he was the be- he said he did more things than Abraham Lincoln possibly yep. more things you to think about it a little bit
1: the thing is yeah he said he said <laughs> maybe Abraham Lincoln but he said besides besides Abraham Lincoln no one has done more or since Abraham Lincoln no one has done more for black people than Donald Trump has that is the biggest false statement that anyone can make facts he I was thinking like I was like like everybody else has done more for black people than Donald Trump has. Like I was thinking like the white boys in my high school have done more for black people than than Bats. Donald Trump has. And that's saying a lot. Um, and
0: you know what the crazier thing is? How are you going to say that I'm the least racist person in the room with a black moderator? exactly like come on bro that's so crazy that is so that is so wild man
1: and he did like he said he said i don't care who's in the who's in the audience i just know i'm the least racist
0: he said it's dark i can't see them but yeah. i know <laughs> but i can feel i feel the less racist over here and like <laughs>
1: to go back on him saying that he's done the most for black people first of all first of all the fact that he's invalidating all of these black people in like history
2: mm-hmm.
1: like i could name like we all know all these black figures that have done and inc- like that have changed so much for black people and have made black history what what does he think he is who does he think he is and on top of that he um he said that the only person when he was validating someone he chose Abraham Lincoln, a white man, the only person he would say, OK, maybe this person did, you know, more for black people. Mm-hmm. He chose a white man. To say that. too. And I know a lot of history teaches us to think Abraham Lincoln was this savior of black people. No, black no. people no. saved themselves. Black people fought for themselves. And Abraham Lincoln has he literally said that it was all about the union for him. And he didn't care whether or not slaves would be freed. He said if, if they, if I could win, he said, he said it was all about the union for him and that it didn't matter whether or not the slaves were freed. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to, I can't.
0: Yeah, that's, that's funny. I think you're speaking to the whole fact that like, out of all the presidents that you picked to be the less racist or did more for black people, chose Abraham Lincoln. We had, we, had <laughs> we had a whole black president. We had a black president. We had a whole black president. Anyways, any who's, you know, your mans was going crazy on there. But the thing is, he was definitely, it was definitely uh, more controlled, this uh, debate. They were muting month. his mic. Yep. See, see what you got to do to have a controlled debate now. If you you got to mute people's mics. Like, nah, you need, shut like,
1: <laughs> <At> <laughs> you need what, to shut up. Like, what? What? What point have we gotten to? Like, Facts. you got to mute your president's mic because he's not going to shut up. Like, what?
0: That is crazy. That is so crazy, man.
1: And can we just talk about also when um, the moderator talked about how over 500 undocumented children are separated from their parents and have no idea where their parents are. The um, Trump administration have no idea wh- where their parents are. Um, Donald Trump the question was, "Are you going to do something about this? Are you going to do something to make sure these children find their parents? He did not answer that. He immediately said, these children came um he said came on like like coyotes and gangs and all that and I was like, first of all, that was not the question but <laughs> second of all, Biden kind of he went off after that he was very like he was very angry about that, and then he said to him like you have." Over 500 children who do not have their parents right now. Mm. And then Donald Trump, he said this on live television. He said, Good. Replay the clip. He said, He said,
0: Replay the clip. He said, We all watched it. Yep. We all seen it. Yo, that is crazy. Yo, and I I said this the last podcast. Like, it's been four years, and I still am shocked Mm -hmm. that this is our president. Like, still to this day, and man, don't get me started. But the elections, man, they if if it go another way, Lord, I'm gonna be forever shocked. <laughs> what the hell? But um, that is crazy. He, I think for me, I think my general impression of um, impression of the whole debate, I, I thought it was funny. Mm. I thought it was hella funny, man. I was just laughing.
1: It hurt my brain. It really did. I did have a headache afterwards. It, I did feel like I lost brain cells. It was, it was a lot.
0: Right. But it was better than the it first. It was like twenty thousand times better than the first one. It was like, honestly, and they still really didn't talk about nothing. Yeah. And that—that's the crazy part, like how it could be twenty times better than the first one, and you still didn't even say nothing. That's crazy. That is crazy. But you know, the fact that we care about this stuff, the fact that we, you know, feel this way about this president, you know, goes to you know the next thing I want to talk about, which is. You know the differences in in our culture. Um, honestly, living in Harrisburg, being in the EMU community is, is such a, it's a culture shock for me personally, and a lot of our black students that come here. Um, you know, living here is such a total left field of what we know and what we're used to. Like I'm from, um, I'm born and raised in Detroit, but I'm you know, my family is military, so I moved from city to city. I've been to Chicago, I've been to um, Ohio, um, Ohio, Cleveland. I've been to, you know, I, n- I currently live in Virginia Beach. Um, so living in these areas and you know experiencing the stuff that I experience, and then coming to here and it's it's so it's so different. And I think I think the one thing that's a, a pain to live out here is the fact that a lot of people are not going to get that and understand that. So it's like a lot of people out here would try to minimize your experiences and what you've been through to justify how they lived. And I don't think that's fair. Like we we didn't have the same opportunities or the same choices that was presented to us in these, opportun- uh, in these uh, spaces. And I think a lot of people don't get that, man. It's, and it's sad, man, because it's, you know, I want to, you know, be my 100% true self, but I can't do that out here because that would make certain people uncomfortable. But the thing is, that's all I know. That's all I grew up on. That's all I am. So, you know, the the fact that we're living out here, it it is a major culture shock, and um, I want to name that. I want to voice that, and I want to make the community aware of that so we can you know start to better understand where we're coming from and be more accepting of who we are instead of accepting of the qualities that you think a good black person should mm. be but that that's my little my spiel on that man how you how you feel about living out here in Harrisonburg like what what is your story and like um do you feel the same culture shock that some of us are feeling
1: i Well, I just want to say first, it takes a psychological toll on a person to do that, to try and be someone else in order to survive in a community. And that is not fair, but that's reality for so many black people. That's just reality for black people in America. Um, I am not African-American. I'm from Ethiopia. And like, but coming here... I didn't realize how how much white people and their over-dominating culture really affects you mm-hmm. when you're not white. Like, I still feel like I have to be a certain way so they don't, so they don't think of me in a certain way, if that makes right. sense, you know? Um, there's, there's so much that we just feel like we have to make white people comfortable. And I don't know if they understand that, but that's reality for so many black people, because especially in like places like this, because white people don't want to be uncomfortable because if they are, that's going to mess up their, like their peace. Mm -hmm. Um, and white people have peace when it's all about them. When there's and control, when there's control, white people have peace when they have control. And if you are unapologetically yourself, and they start to feel like they don't have control, then that that breaks their peace. Mm. So why would they want that? You know what I mean? So of course they're not going to acknowledge the things you've been through, or that you have um, you have another culture that is not s- even similar to theirs and uh, that you are allowed to express that. Places like Harrisonburg, for example, like a lot of white people are, like in places like this are not going to want you to do that because that disrupts their peace, you know? And that's just, yeah,
0: no, it's- And I think it's like, it's like the littlest things too, like from bumping my music loud to uh, talking how I talk with mm-hmm. the slang that I know. Mm-hmm. Um it's like, just generally just walking around that, mm-hmm. that bothers people for some reason. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that we have to endure when we leave you know, the places that we call home. So when we live in this, this foreign land, it's we, we have to walk in a way that, you know, that doesn't get us in too much trouble. That's, that's what, we, what we've been taught as black people for generations. And just like uh, you know, Biden brought it up in the, the debate as well, he said, uh, like the talk, that talk is very real. That talk that, hey, when you get pulled over, over by the police, put your hands on the wheel, you got to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. That is a very real talk. I got that when I was like 10, 8. Like it's, it's real like that. And trust me, every 90, 90% of black families are doing that. At a very early and young age, and it's just teaching the young the youth to not you know that the police cannot be trusted in, which is sad because they they should be trusted in if they was doing their job correctly, but until that day we have to be aware of you know be aware of the the evils that that the police are you know committing against us um, yeah, but I think you know mainly. Um, living out here is, it it does take it. So I think the best analogy for it is like, shout out to Kendrick Lamar. If you heard the album, To Pimp a Butterfly, Mm. he said it perfectly at the end. It's like, black people are like the caterpillars. We are born in, you know, the street. People really don't like to keep the caterpillar around. They, you know, they ignore the caterpillar and they praise the butterfly. The butterfly is all of our potential. In all of uh, who we are, and everything that people praise. So they put us in this cocoon, and that's called institu- uh, institutionalizing. So that means putting us in scenarios where we have to not speak, putting us in scenarios where we have to obey, putting us in areas where we have to you know, submit. And that is a way to turn us into this butterfly that they want us to see, but honestly we're, all three of those things are one and the same. It doesn't matter if we're the, you know, the caterpillar or the butterfly, mm-hmm. we're still us. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're tired of people trying to bring the butterfly out of us and, you know, trying to tell us how to live our lives without understanding the caterpillar. It's like, no, that don't, these things are one and the same so shout out to Kendrick Lamar. When I I heard that album like Such thirty times, album. like I had to, I had to listen to it that much because it was so many jewels on there. Like mm-hmm. he and there's still jewels that he's speaking to this day on that album. Like so, check that mm-hmm. album out. Listen mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Yep. The whole every last song is a message. Honestly, yep. Kendrick Lamar is amazing, gifted, gifted. But man, that's that's how we feel.
1: Yeah, and I. I wanna say something to the whole like, you feel like you can't be yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we need white people to understand. This is a white person's world that we have to navigate through. Mm -hmm. And that is not right, that is not fair, and that is something you will never experience. And that's also, why i like i know when the topic of having a black space Mm
2: -hmm. whether Mm -hmm. it's
1: on like college campuses or high schools or even like workplaces having a black space where only black people um hang out or where only black people meet that just makes white people feel so angry they're like, oh, if 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 we had a white space, that would be considered racist. You have a white space. That's the world. The world is white space, <laughs> like that. Like you
0: see that's the world. Thing. White space. You got everything
1: exactly. You and just like, want this
0: corner right here. Like, exactly. like damn, like,
1: and that just angers them. And it's like, think about it. Black people have to navigate through your world every single day, trying not to, trying to survive every single day. And meaning a space where they can be themselves, that is so valuable. So that is something I always try to let people know. um, Never ever to invalidate a black person or a person of color's um, need to be in a space with other people in their community. Mm -hmm. Like it is a real need. And no white people, you don't need it. <laughs> you don't. So yes, if you did have, if you did start a white space, it <laughs> would be racist. <laughs> but anyways,
0: yes, you're right, Mary, you're going in on them. <laughs> you're going yeah. in on them. Yes. I love that. I love that. But yeah, um, about time, if you, in hearing this, um, we already, um, hosted our first black space and second black space as well. So, um, do look on look forward to doing that more and I never really understood why people white people felt some type of way about black space but um it's just crazy like how how easily offended some people get about those things but
1: because their world their world consists of the lack of comfort for black people and when black people are uncomfortable, America is normal. Mm-hmm. So when black people begin to feel comfortable, that's going to make white people feel uneasy because that's not the world they're used to.
0: So, yeah. And when we say white people, we don't mean all white people, honestly. First yeah. of all, I don't wanna we just want to we just wanna put the yeah, Jay, on do do the it. record. Not all white people are bad people. We, we got some dope white people in the world. We, we got white people in our staff, So <laughs> we're yep. we're good. But we I think when we say white people we're talking about white supremacists. And, and it's you know that you know that thinking of ideolo- um ideolo- ideology. That's how you say it right. Yep. And um It's more like if the
1: shoe fits kind of thing. Facts. And most likely if you're offended.
0: If you're offended the you yeah, shoe you, probably <laughs> <fix>. <laughs> you might you might need to take a look in the mirror. <laughs> don't listen to this podcast either. <laughs> but anyways, um but yeah, that's that's all I got for the differences in, you know, living out here and living back at home, man, it's it's way more funny back, fun back home, man. Y'all don't exactly. know y'all missing it. Y'all missing out. When you type in Google when you type in black woman
1: a white woman shows up in the Google images. I told you Google is white.
0: Then I warn you about social dilemma. See, look, go watch social dilemma, because <laughs> this is what mm-hmm. they do it to you. They said you need a black woman. Oh, I got one for you. <laughs> 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 I got one right, yeah, you. you need to see this one. <laughs> Yo, that is so funny. Um, Annie and um, Rachel, they they looking up black w- uh, woman. Have wit- you
1: seen a white woman on there yet? Oh my goodness.
0: What's wrong with Joe? It's your Google. No, it's no, your no. Google. You got no, the preferences up. That's what you got. You got the preferences. Nardo's different prefaces can. Nardos can. You got the different preferences, <laughs> like, Yeah, that's funny. That is hella funny, man. Google said, "Wow, that is crazy."
2: Period. See, yeah, see,
0: her Google's working. Your Google's not working. <laughs> you need to call somebody. You said, "Hey, my Google act racist. Can you fix that?" <laughs> can you? Can you? <laughs> Can you fix it for me?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: You see it? Yeah. Wow. You see that picture? Wow. I found a white woman. Yeah, she black. <laughs> Yo, we might put that. We might edit that in there with the shot. Oh, my God. That would be funny. That would be funny. That's true. No, she was white, bro. <laughs> she was right. I seen it. I seen it already. <laughs> no, that is crazy. Not a white man. Oh no. They put a white man in the black woman search. <laughs> That's crazy. This is an Asian See, this woman. Is, this is what we say: protect black women. It's you can't Asian protect woman. them on Google. <laughs> you can't even protect them on Google.
1: Pinterest? Don't even get me started on Pinterest. <laughs> exactly as. All right.
0: My grandma used to wear that back in the day. No, I know, I know that. that, that that's, that's the Nancy right 72. I know what that right is. Right here. I know exactly Keeping what that is. Keeping up with
1: is. the Kardashians. Under Google image search for black Women. Wow. Um, but I something else I wanted to say um, was what is it? Yesterday I was looking at um, I was looking at wigs mm-hmm. on Amazon. So I looked up wigs for black women. You know, I scrolled through to find, like, a very b- authentic black woman wig. Mm-hmm. And I was reading through the comments, and the reviews are amazing. Like, all of these amazing reviews.
0: Five stars. And then there's
1: this one person saying, I, ha- I only have two complaints. She's so like, the lace is a little too dark for my white complexion. I said, this wasn't made for you. This
0: is not your wig, honey. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your wig. You need to get off I the site. I was side. like,
1: complaints?
0: He said, this wig, five stars, girl. You f- nah, that is funny, that, is, that funny, is funny, man. That is so crazy,
2: but okay,
0: Moral so. of the story, protect black women, even mm-hmm. on Google <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> even on Google um, all right, Mary kay. so the next thing I want to talk about just to lighten up the mood a little bit man um, uh, as you all know i'm I'm in love with music this is my first it's my first love, man, so I'm the type of person that would when the uh, the album says it's like an hour, I listen to every song. Mm. I listen to every single song I, I listen to it like um, what I'm starting to do now which is pretty new is like I listen to the album like three times so mm-hmm. the first time I listen to like the lyrics and the content of the the uh, album like the messaging behind it second time I listen to the beats that are being produced and then the last one I'll listen to is like the production as far as like the audio effects the 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 what's it called it vocal effects that's been put on it and stuff like that so um so every once in a while i'll give y'all a little some some um, some treasure some dope stuff that y'all should check out um Mm. recently i just got into the xavier omar project Mm. oh my god if you don't know xavier omar man he is he's a beast man i only know a couple
1: songs but wow
0: listen to that new album man especially the last The last definitely. song for me, like, oh no, my definitely. god, it's so good. It's it's featuring like, I don't know how to say her Mirba? You know her? She I like with so. J.I.D. and mm. she's like a singer and stuff. But yeah, yeah. check that l- the last song on the Xavier Omar project. Oh, it's so it's so good. Mm-hmm. Xavier Omar is like a, he's an R&B singer, but he sings in a way kind of like a Brent Fayez, mm. But you know, but he's that's still got his own style, and his own concept. You know, Brent Fias is very like that's a very adult content right there. Yeah, that's that's very adult. That's that's the stuff that you put on, you know, late night right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not wrong. But um, Xavier Omar is like that's the stuff that you you put on when you chilling in the house. You know, you you with you know significant other. You mm-hmm. know, you put that on. Put the Xavier Omar. It's a new project. Just drop. Sorry, I don't know how the name off the top of the name, of uh, the top of the, uh, of the pop, uh, not the podcast, but the album. But um, another thing I've been listening to was, um, her name is Maria Isabel. Mm. And she dropped a project as well. And there's this one song on there, man. Oh my God, I just keep listening over and over I'ma and look, over.
1: I'm going to save these people. On yeah, my Maria Isabel.
0: Yeah, Maria Isabel. It's, um, what's the song called, man? That's so crazy. I'm the type of person that I know, like I listen to a song all the time. I forget the name of the song, mm. like you know, sometimes. But this is a song with Maria Isabel and this dude named uh, Yeek.
1: Mm. Oh, is it? Where does the love go? Because it just. Where does the
0: love go? I'm
1: gonna just save it.
0: You gotta figure out where the love go. <laughs> you need to go. let <laughs> press that one. You need to hit that one. He, yo, that. I love, I love her tone of voice. She reminds me of like a. Like a snow allegra. Mm.
1: Love Snow Allegra. Uh
0: uh, what's it called? It? Hey, a Sabrina Claudio. <sighs> hey, those two, like put together, okay. that's her I'm voice. Uh, and then you yeet, know I'm about to listen. And the yeet come in there, he got like a uh like the audio effects is kinda like a tie dollar sign. mm And uh kind of like a tie dollar sign like with a Bryson Tiller type voice on there. Oh my goodness. Whole vibe. Just, just his part, I just keep replaying his part, like because I love, I'm a sucker for the, the audio effects that's like, you got the harmonies and you stack them right and they sound mm-hmm. good. If you got your harmonies right, man, I'ma I'm a listen to it. You got my stream, <laughs> you got my stream all day. So yeah. Um, uh, Maria, uh, Isabel, Isabel, and Yeek, as well as Xavier Omar, and then I got one more, I think, I was listening to. It was an old album by uh, this rapper, and his name is Sky Zoo, And, you know, just a little bit more context about me and my music choices. Um, since I was little, you know, my mom played all the R&B stuff, SWV, Jill Scott, you know, you name it. All 90s, 80s, 70s, all the always to, to now. And then my dad, he listened to hip-hop, but only he listened to like lyrical stuff. So all my life I was listening to lyrical stuff and you know R&B. Um, even my dad was he was so adamant about all this new rap that was coming out. He didn't let us even listen to it. He said you better not turn that shit on. I was like, can't he listen to the, the baby? That's going to be me. That's crazy. I can't listen <laughs> to Lil parent. Wayne. That's crazy." But you know, as I grew uh, uh, grew older, um, you know, he started to understand that there's like different styles of music. So um, to go back to my uh, the album, the dude named Sky Zoo, so my dad put me onto him, and this album is called Theo and JJ, and it's reality versus dreams. And you know, Theo's supposed to represent this clean cut African-American, the one that we all envision our, ourselves as, like the very successful, you know, very happy um, person. And JJ is the reality, you know, the one that is, you know, living day to, uh, day by day and going through the everyday struggles of, you know, what it's like to be black or living in their neighborhoods. Um, and that, that project, even though it was short, it was very it was very dope. I had to listen to it like five times to, you know, get the whole concept of it. But, um. Yeah, definitely check out Sky Zoo. If you lyrical, you love lyrical stuff, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: if that's some of you listeners, and if you want to get introduced to lyrical stuff, definitely check out Sky Zoo, Theo versus JJ. It's been like, I think it came out like 2007. So yeah, I had to go back and check that out. But those are my music recommendations. And um, you'll be hearing more about that in the future on more podcasts, because there's never enough music, especially nowadays.
1: I mean, when you say, when you talk about harmonies, I just have to, you know, I just have to say this, but so if you know me, you know, I love Ariana Grande Mm. and she's, she's mainstream now. Well, I don't want to say that, but you know, everyone knows her and stuff. Everyone thinks like, this is just, you know, pop, pop, you know, pop star music, but, um, I'll just wa- i just want i just want to say i've been here from the start
2: mm. i've been here since she <laughs> she was doing
1: covers on youtube um mm. but her harmonies are absolutely insane and i feel like people do not pay attention to the production of her music because they're like oh this is pop that's it you listen to the like dance part of it and it's really not a lot of like pop dance it's more like pop R B. Mm. um and by the time this podcast comes out her new album positions will be out so Y'all better stream that, (laughs) but she does a lot of pop R&B and it's so good and the productions are so good. Like her music started making me like pay attention more. It's like productions and harmonies, like Mm, it's harmony after, mm. like it's vocal after vocal, like after vocal and it's just like everything stacked together. And she says a lot, many, many times that that is her favorite thing to do. She loves stacking up her vocals and she does it herself. And Mm. so I just had to mention, not only my love for her, but that I actually love her music for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a couple artists from my end. If you don't listen to Jesse Reyes, mm-hmm. please do. I love Jesse Reyes and her Jessie. her new album is so good. I think it's incredible. I love her voice. I love her lyrics. Um, mm. I'm trying to thank who else. Um, mm. Not anyone that's like made new music recently but like Daniel Caesar is my favorite Daniel male Caesar. artist and I guess he's he's becoming more f- famous and a little more mainstream now but nah that man he has there are there's not a single skip in his entire discography not a single skip listen to Daniel Caesar but yeah that's just those are my recommendations
0: I would debate that but anyways <laughs> whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've got a skip from Daniel you Caesar
0: you got it um okay I love I love Daniel Caesar um, mainly primarily because the tone of his voice is different mm-hmm. and he makes that work for him. So I definitely like the use of um, that his tone. But some songs some songs are you know, questionable. But, but the thing is I'm not a big I'm not a big Daniel Caesar fan. Probably the farthest I'll go is the the 40 what what is it called? 40. Yeah, Freudian. I, I listened to that album.
1: His second album is better. Oh, for real. Mhm.
0: What is that one called?
1: It's called Case Study 01.
0: Case Study 01. Case Study 01. Okay. And that that came out a long time ago. And that's the thing with like music now. Like so much music comes out like you miss it. And that's mm-hmm. the, And that's the thing I feel like that's dope for us as listeners of music, but but creators of music it's like, you know, you'll be so easily lost in this ocean of music. And you have to cash your net to these fans that already have artists such as Drake and uh the baby and fucking Nicki Minaj, all that type of shit. So it's like, um, how do I fight for those attention? How do I get those, you know, people to come over here? But it's dope for us to listen to all this music though. hmm But um I definitely agree with you. Jessie Reyes, definitely got my eye on her. She is Dope. Incredible. I think my number one thing with like vocals, it just comes down to tone at this point. Now, mm-hmm. like anybody can really sing. I was about to say, yep, anyone. But can sing. tone is something that is you can't replicate that. Yep. So, um, and speaking of that, there's this one video, um, it was what is her name? Corey Henry was playing with this woman. Her name is. Let me look it up real quick, listeners. Um, but yeah, she was singing, like, um, Corey Henry was the pianist. And if you don't know Corey, Corey Henry, he's a very young, well known uh, gospel pianist. And Denise uh, Stodemeyer. And she, they were singing the song called uh, Faith. Um, I suggest everybody look that video up Corey Henry, Denise Stodemeyer, Faith and the way that she was singing and the way that Cory Him was accompanying her it was like it, it, you felt it like you could cry during that like she her her tone is so it's 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 kind of like unnatural like it's, she's like mm. i don't know like she sounds like a <clears throat> i don't even know how to describe it man it's it's like a like think of like a ghost that can really like sing. And, like it's very like <laughs> glidey and very like has a lot of control but very airy at the same time but still have that that guttness of like a, of a of real person but at the same time can glide between these notes so effortlessly. She was amazing man. Like I, I seen that. I watched that video like three times. I'm like oh my gosh she is too good at this. So yeah check that video out. Corey Henry, Denise Stoudemire, Faith. Um, and it's a, a gospel song. So definitely need some Jesus right now, honestly. Mm. <laughs> honestly, yep. honestly. All right, nothing about music. We'll move on, we'll move on. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is, um, I thought it was just real interesting, man. I was sitting on the weekend, chilling, reflecting. Um, and I was thinking that, like, It's interesting to see so many decentralized movements pop up now. Decentralized movements meaning that there's no head leader of a movement. There is just the movement stands for one thing and people acknowledge it or they don't. So, for example, like the Black Lives Matter. There is no MLK to run it. There's no Malcolm X that runs Black Lives Matter. It's a statement that you know, is a rallying rallying call for black people to fight for their their lives and fight for their rights. The Me Too movement is another, you know, version of these decentralized movements. And um, I was just thinking and wondering like, is this a consequence of our our era today? And us being young in the internet age, or is this something that has always been happening in history rewrote these decentralized movements to have these prominent figures lead them so what's your thoughts about that because i'm i'm puzzled
1: yeah no it's it's not really something i've thought about but since you mentioned it like um like you mentioned it to me earlier like it's just i think it's so interesting because like yeah are we do we just write in people that and just say, oh, this person was the leading figure, and, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Civil Rights Movement, mm. and, like, I'm thinking of MLK, and I do know that he was a leader, but I was thinking, like, how much of a leader a leader was he, and how, how much are we giving him, like, credit? Mm. Because even when I read about other people that um, were like, kind of also leaders of the civil rights movement or also um really contributed i i read a lot of it saying oh like major advisor to mlk or mm. like um definitely was like mlk's right hand man or something like that and it's like or maybe they were just they were also doing like you know just as much we're just writing in our history that mlk led it mm. the most but i don't know i definitely do think that it that if I do think it's more, it's way more decentralized now. And Mm -hmm. I agree that it's because of the era that we're in. And you know, like it's not hard to organize when you have the internet nowadays, Mm -hmm. whereas back then you do do need a person or a group of people to organize more people Mm -hmm. and to get people on the same page and you know, but yeah, what about you?
0: I think now that you that we're speaking about this, and I'm hearing your comments, I feel like I feel like it was always decentralized. Mm-hmm. I just think that the build up and the prominence of these these leadership figures is to I feel like that's a way to deter organization. And I mean this I mean that by saying this. Um, once you put a Martin Luther King In charge of the whole civil civil rights movement, you start to entertain the thought that this person was a leader amongst millions of people. And we have to think that's, that is impossible. He didn't go to every neighborhood and say, hey, I'm MLK, come join me. He didn't do that. And it took the work of many leaders in many communities to join up and I think it was just the easier way to say that hey if you want to organize to this scale to this magnitude to do something very pro- positive and very progressive in this country you need to gather up you know the masses by yourself and I, I do not I, I hate that messaging I think it's unfair mm-hmm. I think it really um minimizes the movement and all the people who You know put their lives into it so I always think it was decentralized I just think it was a way to you know stop us from you know organizing again so I think this go around is going to be a little different because we have the receipts
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so I I think it was easier to do that back then because you know we didn't we didn't film everything we didn't write everything down so it was easy to mold that story into something that makes sense like that, and you know, I think when you mold a story like that, it's like we said in the Mark interview. He, now he's become this the savior that people we can speak on, and we can compare ourselves to, without really knowing the implications of that and what that really means. mm-hmm So, mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and like I, um, I feel like. Yeah, um, America just has this like capitalist type like hierarchy complex mm-hmm. and like there sh- there always needs to be a leader or there always needs to be like a hierarchy and people have to fall into like categories. And it's like I think like us young people are realizing that's actually not necessary. We can yeah. all like be together, be one. But um, yeah, I just wanted to add that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think what our generation, the internet, um, we will be the ones that usher in that you know these, you know corrections to history and making sure our history is accurate and we're telling the truth as you know much as possible because we're seeing that how lies and you know false facts are changing everything. And people really believe in these things now, so we need to understand that history is important, truth is important, facts are important, and we should, you know, uphold those with the highest regard, rather than, you know, entertaining the idea that facts are negotiable or facts mm-hmm. are interchangeable, mm-hmm. and, and it's not. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my thing. I was just looking, just thinking about that a lot. Um, lately, seeing all the stuff that we see on Instagram, and um, and it, as well as you know, I, I want to speak to something about like Nigeria and the the whole SARS and you know, those things that's going on. So we we want to send prayers to them, like honestly, like and I I think the whole you know in SARS movement right now is showing that we are living in a white world like we said in the beginning of this podcast, like, no matter where we go as black people, we're going to deal with this issue. And they're in Africa. Yep. Like, think about that. Like, they're in Africa and they're dealing with police brutality by their own people. It's, it's, it's deeper. It's mm-hmm. a systemic thing. These The way that we run society is inherently racist.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We can see that now. We have the the proof. You could look at both of our, you know, both of our situations, and these are two case studies that prove that point, that our system is inherently broken, and it needs to, you know, it needs to be fixed. But yeah, prayers out to Nigeria. Honestly, it's it's way worse out there than what is going on here, man. You do, you don't want those problems over here, honestly. And um, so, prayers to all the people who are protesting. Given their lives, literally giving their lives to this this cause, because when they go outside to protest, their life is not promised the next day. It is not, and that's one privilege that we can say as African Americans. So yeah, prayers to everybody in Nigeria, you know, and hope I, I hope that change comes swiftly and not just lip service. Mm. Um, yeah, but from moving on from that, you know, we um, you know, want to move on to a, a definitely a, a lighter mood than this. Um, I want to talk about um, for all those people who are listening. You're probably a, a freshman, or you might even be a high schooler listening to this. Um, and we just want to give you some tips on how to get through this college madness. It's, it is crazy out here, man. But I think the first thing I want to say to teachers, if you're listening, cover your ears. (laughs) You don't want the playbook. You don't want the playbook. Um, Honestly, school right now, man, it's all about finessing. If you know how to finesse, oh my god, you're going to be golden. You're going to be golden. You're going to be golden. Um, For my younger viewers or high school, definitely try your best. And everything that you do, but you're gonna reach a point where it's like, okay, I got like five papers. Mm-hmm. Am I really gonna sit, put three hours in each all these? No. <laughs> okay, just just let's be honest with each other. So, college right now is is really about finessing. So basically, figuring out what things you could do fast and what things you need to take yeah. a lot of time on. Yep. Like honestly, that's so true. Like uh, for me, papers take. A little bit more time, but I know, I know me, and I know where the last day can be. Like for me, like three days, that's all I need to be like a, like a, mm, a good eight-page paper. Give me three days. But if it's like a pro, like a research paper, like twelve, fifteen, you gotta give me like a a week or a month, maybe a month, bro, because those those papers yeah. are different. Research okay, papers are different. Are different. <laughs> those Mm-mm. papers hit different um so number one finessing know yourself so you know how to get through each assignment that you have um number two it's okay to take breaks but be cautious with your breaks yeah be very cautious with your breaks because you that can turn it into something something called procrastination Now we all know that we all know procrastination too well so it's okay to take breaks don't judge yourself too much And then the last thing is, it's like, after you graduate, don't be feeling so pressed to know what you're doing. Like, I know people that didn't do their job until they was 28. A lot of people
1: will graduate and go into jobs that have nothing to do with their majors. Like me. <laughs> what? No, watch! Watch JD end up being a whole music producer. Come on, now.
0: and like,
2: <laughs> I'm
0: like, I went for biology. I ain't doing nothing biology. Exactly. I touch none of that. What? But I think that's the main thing. I think even while you're in college, mm-hmm. that pressure of like, okay, I need to have everything figure out when I get out. <sighs> Are you serious? <laughs> what? The? You could ask any senior, any you know. Um, graduate after that, you gonna be like, yeah, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I went to Starbucks. <laughs> I had a whole ass degree, and I went to Starbucks first. <laughs> so that's that's the reality of what we're dealing with right now. So um, you know, I'm giving myself more room to be um, be more open to more you know different opportunities instead of trying to limit myself to you know what I got my degree in because if I do that first of all I don't have the experience to do things that you know, these high paying jobs are asking me to do so it's, it's all about timing and you know and my mom said it best to me while I was on my break this weekend um, time right now is an illusion everything that you think you should be doing right now is, is out of your control yep. so you do what you can in this moment live right now and you know, don't worry so much about what should be and what can be, because we have no we have no control over that. So, those are my little tips. Is you know, I'm a senior, and I know a lot of um, a lot of our students are struggling right now. I know that I'm struggling right now, but um, I think those things have been holding me down so far. Those ideals what about you mary how you been getting through school
1: i think i've just been trying to remind myself that like i'm human and like if i don't feel like doing something on someday like that's a human like reaction to something that's Mm -hmm. a human like i'm not the only person in the world that feels that way so it's like Cause I'm the type of person, like I beat myself up for not being productive. And it's like, that's something that I just need to, I need to stop. And I think the world just needs to stop. Like we need to stop. We don't have to be productive to be valuable and to be worth it. Like we, it's just, uh, again, I'm criticizing capitalism. It's capitalism. That's why we feel like we have to be productive and we have to have everything done. And I just try to remind myself I'm human and you know um it's okay uh but it's not okay when you are failing or anything so yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't don't get to that chill point too
0: much though but, uh, i've been chilling too much don't be like me
1: but <laughs> don't like don't make yourself feel bad for any human feelings you know that's what i try to remind myself
0: mm. and that's a that's a very like big point right there and I, I think we all do that we all be you know beat our stuff up when we don't you know do things at certain times and stuff like that and honestly that causes anxiety
1: mm-hmm.
0: that causes a, a lot of anxiety that's why
1: so many people have anxiety nowadays so many people
0: and it's crazy man and you know um but the way i get through that is just like like you said man we are human everybody don't like honestly like you sit down and think about what you're about to do like does anybody want to do that right now mm-hmm. no it's okay you can relax you can chill don't chill too much, y'all. Honestly, honestly. Um but besides, you know, being in school, there's a couple of things in like Harrisonburg that are cool. Um, and you know, we decided to make this uh, one of our segments, our ending segments, um cool spots in, you know, Harrisonburg that we like to chill at. Um and I got one, I got one. Um So this is a I don't think a lot of people at at the end of the podcast, but if you're listening, this is a secret spot. Don't go there every, every day now. <laughs> this is this the spot's low so don't worry about it so this spot is called um hakato and at Hakado, man oh they be serving the best hibachi best hibachi and shrimp ever man uh, it's it's um actually i might give a location you look it up mm. if you really want to go it's it's a really it good oh man got the nice shrimp i get the uh I get the chicken and shrimp hibachi, and I get the little the yum yum sauce with the other stuff. (laughs) Oh my! You pour that joint on top. Come on, man! And then you get like the uh, the sushi too. They got all types of sushi too. It's like not not the Walmart sushi. sushi. This is real sushi, y'all. This is real sushi. Nothing to play with over here. So um, I get the volcano roll. Mm. That
1: sounds so good. I love sushi.
0: So Hokkaido. Keep it low, y'all. Don't, don't blow the spot up. <laughs> All right, Mary, where, where's your place?
1: Um, so recently, not too recent, um, but a, a couple of my friends and I <laughs> went to, I feel like this is, like, popular, but, like, the Taj of India. Yep, I've like, been yep, there. I feel like you've passed by it or you see, but I don't know how many people actually have sat and, like like, eaten there. Been it it does depend whether or not you like Indian food, but I loved it. I loved it so much. Mm. And um, it's just so good. The The servers are so, so nice. And, like, they have, like, outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can social distance and stuff. Um, so you still kind of feel like it still kind of feels like, you know, the world is normal. Like, you kind of forget for a second mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that we're in the middle of a pandemic, which is a nice feeling. <laughs> um <laughs> But I guess forgot it was COVID outside. It's just the food is amazing. It's insane. Um I got a quick cool so question. Yeah. Quick question: Is mm-hmm. it
0: like the? I only been there one time and I, I didn't get the order. I didn't get the order. It's like somebody brought something.
2: Mm.
0: Um Is it like the real Indian food? Because you know, real Indian food, they got that spice on there. Mm, it is that real spice. It that is real mouthful Yep, the spice that's not. It's not spicy. It's pungent. That's yep. what they call it. Is it pungent?
1: It sure is. <laughs> okay, it sure you, is pungent. okay, you got it.
0: You got a good spot. You got yes. a good spot. I gotta check it out now. It's amazing. I definitely gotta check out what they got because that curry, mm-hmm. mm, certain curries that you get, your mouth be gone, boy. Yeah, you yep. drink milk, not yep. no water. Nah. Um. But yeah, that's all we got for today's podcast. So thank y'all, thank y'all, thank yep. y'all, thank, thank you y'all you so, so much. much for listening. Um. We've definitely been getting feedback um, lately, and we hear y'all, we're trying to, you know, promote more comments um, in our YouTube. We're also transitioning into um, creating just the audio version, because I hear a couple of people want to do that, because I know a couple of people don't want to have YouTube open all day, and they want to do other things, yeah. they want to just listen to us, which I totally understand. So we're transitioning to um, Spotify and Apple Music in the near future, probably the next podcast that will be featured on there. So we'll announce that on our Instagram. Um, call to action things we, gotta, um, we want you to do. Go follow our Instagram at BSA@EMU, um, bsa_emu, at BSA underscore EMU. Also subscribe, comment and like on our YouTube. Yes, please. We love feedback. We do, we do, we do. Um, we, want us, we want you guys to be just as w- with us in this journey as yeah. anybody else. So you guys are definitely part of this ride. So we definitely want to hear feedback from y'all and so we can keep making this podcast more enjoyable for y'all. Thank y'all again. We'll see you on the next yep. podcast. See y'all. Peace.